And if we, we can run over that call, we can run over that leading if we want to. And we can go on and do what we want to do. And we can try to figure it out ourselves. And we can try to do it our own way. Or we can listen to him and follow that leading. And 3,000 got saved. Yeah. You get this? This is the same thing as they're talking about in Acts. It um, goes on to say in verse 9, uh, He reproves the world reproves the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Get what he's talking about there? Before this day in the Old Testament, they had a set of laws they would buy. 620 or 40 laws, something in that neighborhood. Some of you Bible scholars correct me if I'm wrong. They had over 600 laws though they would buy. And they had, they had to try to follow, live these things down. And they would give a sacrifice once a year for an atonement toward their sin. It never was true forgiveness, but it was atonement. It got them by until another year. Jesus came to cause them to, for, to make a decision. He forced their hand by Jesus coming here. You believe on me or you don't. Jesus says at one point in the Bible, you're either against me or you're with me. Those who are, who are with me are gathering the flock. Those who are against me are scattering them. There's no, nothing in the middle. You get this? There's no middle ground anymore. Well, I figured I'd be getting a few more amens by this point. <laughs> there's, more, there's no more anim, or middle ground anymore. Jesus has come to, to force your hand. He forces a decision. If I have yet many... Or not if. In verse 12 says, I have yet many things to say unto you. But ye cannot bear them now. He's talking about spiritual immaturity there in his disciples. But this goes on to say another point in the Bible says it goes on for as many as God may call to be filled with the Holy Ghost, right? This is in Acts also. These two, this this part of John right here and Acts two and three kind of mirror each other. They kind of, they're talking about the same thing. <laughs> Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. What's he talking about right there? A greater revelation, right? Didn't Jesus say this earlier in the Bible? He says, I won't even, I won't even say things out of my own mind. I listen to the Father. And when the Father speaks, that's why Jesus spent all his time praying. Right? right? Am I wrong here? The Father, when he was, there we go, amen. amen. When the Father speaks, he spoke through Jesus, Jesus would repeat what he had heard. The same way the Holy Spirit does here. So the Holy Spirit is never wrong. It goes on to say, or it says there in that verse that he leads you in the truth. What is the truth? The truth is the word of God. Yeah. So he doesn't go off and tell you something else out, just grab something out of the air and tell you. But he's telling you things that coincide with the word of God. You see, Jesus was here and he had his spoken word though. So this, this revelation, this continuing revelation that comes from the Holy Ghost, Jesus spoke this word some 2,000 years ago, correct? Yeah. And we can follow that thing. But the Holy Ghost is going to give us things in the future. So he's going to show us things in our lives. Right. You see, we have, there's not a day that we're going to live in our lives that the Holy Ghost, that God himself, hasn't already authorized. He hasn't already blessed for us. He, he doesn't know what's going on. So if we're living in confusion, and he was living in confusion, we don't know what's going on, we don't know where we're headed to. That's not God's fault. That's our fault. Amen. Because we're not listening to the leading of the Holy Ghost. We have a counselor. He calls him a comforter, a counselor. We have a counselor living on board. He lives inside of me. Yeah. Amen. And it's on us to listen to that counselor, to listen to him for guidance. He's better than a Garmin. He's better than any GPS you have. Yeah. <laughs> He's better than Dr. Phil, even. Yeah. <laughs> <God for> that. <laughs> so we have this living on board with us. 
And we should be following this thing in everything that we do. So he's, he's leading us in the truth. Howbeit, when, when the Spirit comes, he leads us in the truth. So, or he has come, he will guide you in the truth. For, you want to speak of yourself, I'm on verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. So we have a greater revelation through this thing. He's going to show us the future. He's going to show us where we need to go at. You see, this word a lot of people think is written to us. It's not just to you, though. It's for you. Do you understand that? It's yes. for you to take this word and for you to apply it to your life. I have to apply it to my life. I have to want it. I have to seek it out. There's another scripture over here. If I can find it here real quick. That's wasn't even in my notes. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If we're seeking these things out, if we're fasting, we're doing the things we're supposed to do to get a hold of God. Not to change God's mind, not to force God to do something for us, but it's like I, I said this on Thursday night. It's like if I, my kids have a have have the tablet. Everybody knows what a tablet is. If my kid lays this tablet down and says, "Dad, today I'm going to put this down because I want to spend some time with you," are you not going to pay attention to that child if he's drawing out for you? If, if he wants to spend time with you, the same way with God, we're His children. It's crucial to follow His leading. And don't confer with your mind, your feelings, or your past experiences. Yeah, that's good. If we're conferring with my mind and my past experiences, you see, we've been living in this spot here so long that we can't follow the leading of, of, of the Holy Ghost anymore. We struggle with following the leading of the Holy Ghost because I try to do things myself. Yeah. You see, I saw what happened last time when I was in a situation like this, and so I try to fix it myself and, and go on my past experiences. But that's not following the leading of God. Church, is that what we want to have here? No. no. I mean, we want to follow the leading of God. We want to be closer to God. Right. This is the kind of church I want to be a part of. If we're relying on our past experiences, I'm relying on my own abilities. Yeah. Or my mind. I'm relying on myself to figure it out. Let me ask you this. Each and every one of you came to this church looking for change, right? Yeah. When God changed you. God's changed your life around you. We've seen things happen. We've seen people, we've seen people reformed. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people healed. Yeah. We've seen miracles happen right here in the church. Amen. People's bodies healed, completely healed, and walk out Amen. sound. Have we not? Yeah. Amen. Now, if I were before I came to this, before I came to this body of Christ, I was relying on my own skills, on my own mind, on my own abilities. Let me ask you this: How'd that work for you? <laughs> That's why we're here looking for a change, right? Yeah. That's what we're here looking for. We have to get our priorities straight. God revealed to me in this week through fasting. We have to get our priorities straight. I have to put him first. Yeah. I have to lay everything else down. Right. He says in one point in the Bible that if you don't hate your mother and your father, your family, that you can't come to me. You can't follow me. And he doesn't mean that you have, I don't have to hate my wife. I don't have to hate this baby laying here on the floor. But I have to love him more. Yeah. It has to be that much more that it's almost like I hate them. That's what he's talking about there. We have to get our priorities straight. We have to spend the time. We have to spend the time listening for the Holy Ghost. Yeah. We have to tune our spiritual ears. Are you getting this, church? Yeah. Yes. We have to turn up our spiritual hearing and turn down our minds and the rest of what, the way we're used to doing it. Yeah. The way we've been doing it for 35 years, we, or however old you are. The way we've been doing it, <laughs> the way we've been doing it this long didn't work for us. Right? We have to change this thing around. I'm beating this part here to death, but it's a real important part. Amen. Amen. 
the Spirit prompts us to listen, and He leads us. He, he prompts us to listen. He speaks to me because He wants to lead me into something. Is that correct? Yeah. Not because He's just babbling. He doesn't have anything to say, but He speaks to me to lead me into something. And He's always going to lead me into more. He's always going to lead me into the greater. He's always going to lead me into safety. He might want to lead me around something that's a danger to me. Yeah. He might have made my tire be flat this morning because there was going to be something happen if I left the house right at the point when I was going to leave. So when I got in my truck after I aired it up in my suit, I said, thank you, Jesus. We need to learn to listen for that calling more. And I'm not saying that to say I'm anything, but God's really been on me about this this week. And I know that, it will, I know that we're all the same. Yeah. So I know it's for you also. So he always wants to lead us into more. He never will lead us into less. No. He's not going to cause us injury. He loves us. He's our dad. He's not going to cause us any of these things. But to be able to do this, it's going to require your faith. It's going to require your faith completely, completely to trust in Him. It's like when I first met my wife, I didn't know if I could trust her. I didn't know her from Adam yet. I didn't know if I could trust what she said. I didn't know if I could trust that she was coming back when she left. You feeling me where I'm at here with this? You don't know if you can trust someone when you first meet them. But we have to build this relationship with God. We have to get in this Word. We have to read this Word each and every day. That's why it's another group text to the men. And my wife's been doing the ladies lately. We To get a little bit of Word in you. If you're not reading your Bible, maybe, maybe get a verse or two in you a day. You read these things. You start to become more hungry for them. Maybe you'll go to your Bible and read the verses before and after this verse so they make more sense to you. We brought this out in a men's meeting uh, two weeks ago, I think. Because there was some confusion. I sent out a verse that meant one thing, but people thought it might have meant something else. Well, if you go in there sometimes and you read before and after, you'll get it. Yeah. It's that simple. If you go to the Holy Ghost, when you read this word right here, if I don't get it, guess what? It says he's the teacher. Yeah. He's my comforter, my counselor. He's my teacher. He's my guide. He's my guide through this life. Yes. If you go to a foreign country, or you're going on a fishing trip, or you're going on a hunting trip or something, and you don't know where you're going or what you're doing, what do you do? You pay a guide. He knows where they're at. He's already been to this place before. Yeah, that's good. Is that right? He's already been here before, and he knows how the animals move around here. He knows where the fish are at. He knows where these things are at. So I pay him, and I follow him. Would it do me any good to pay this guy and then take off on my own way and try to figure it out myself? No. no. Not at all. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your time here if you don't want to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's what we need to do. We're going to see a greater power. And a greater peace through this. God's word says in John 14, 21, I think it says, Jesus says he will, uh, can't think of the word, he's going to show himself to us, basically though. I have it somewhere later in my notes, I'm jumping the gun here. He's going to manifest himself to us. When Jesus manifests himself to us, that's, it says he's going to give us peace through that. But I believe there's greater power in that, greater authority in that. As a church, we all say, and I believe that we do want this, we all say that we want to see people healed. We want to see God's work done. Do we not? Yeah. How do we do that? Through the leading of the Holy Ghost. We have to follow him. Jesus didn't even heal someone. He didn't walk up and heal someone because they're, they're sick. He didn't go to a city to go over there and heal someone because they're sick. You know, he didn't go meet the woman at the well because he wanted to. He was following the leading of the Holy Ghost the whole time. That's what we have to do. He's our pattern. We have to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. It's going to require your faith. A greater manifest... <clears throat> verse 14 says it's going to manifest itself. A greater manifestation of God's presence, of power, and of glory will, will show up in our lives if we would do these things. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. That's a pretty bold statement there, but from everything I've read in the Bible, that's, that's what he's saying here. 
We have to have priorities. We have to look for a means, or don't look for a means to the end. I talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. A lot of times when a situation happens or a problem occurs or, or something's going along in our life, we're looking for a means to an end, right? I'm trying to figure out how to get through this thing. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to deal with it and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do this or how I'm going to provide this for my family or how I'm going to do this or that, right? Instead of, I'm looking for a means to an end in every situation. When I had the flat this morning, I figured out I could go to the barn and do this. Instead of, I should have relied on God for everything. I mean, that was a pretty simple thing, but we need to rely on God in everything. <clears throat> I could be trying to figure out how I'm going to provide this or that for my family. Instead of looking for God in every situation. In every encounter we have with everything, I need to be looking for God. Look for Him in every experience, in every encounter. Yeah. How do you want me to do it, God? What loaf of bread would you like for me to buy today, God? What car should I buy today, God? What job should I take today, God? Who should I be hanging out with today, God? Yeah. Who should I be talking to today? Who should I be witnessing to today? What do you want me to do, God? In every decision we make, we should be looking to Him. And then maybe we got to shut up for a little while. That's hard to do. Because we have a free will and we want to override things. And I want to do things my way. But sometimes I just got to shut my mouth and listen. Yeah. That's right. And wait for him. Maybe lay on the floor and pray for him like he had me do this week. He had me laying over in the floor. And then, boy, when he went to talking and I was listening, I was ready to hear. I had to run back and get a notebook real quick because I couldn't remember. I didn't want to forget the things he was telling me. Maybe you got to take notes when he talks to you sometimes because I'm not smart enough to remember everything God tells me. He's going to give you the right answers, though, the truth. Yeah. Every time he speaks, he's always right. He's never wrong. You getting this? Amen. It's very important that we get this. Amen. We can enjoy a life a lot more if we would learn, learn to follow his lead. That's right. Amen. Think about all the stress and all the worry that we have. And can you, the Bible says... Can you even add an inch to your height or something to that effect that says by worry? If you worry really hard, is it really going to change anything? And I heard a statistic from my pastor before, several times actually, that is 90% of the things that you worry about, that you fret about, never come to fruition. They never come to pass. It's a time waster. It's something that the devil does to you to trip you up. You know, a lot of the things that we get into sometimes may not even be necessarily sin. We may not really be doing anything wrong. But it's keeping us from following the leading of the Holy Ghost. So maybe we are doing something wrong because Jesus says, follow it. Here, I hear he's telling us to follow it in the scripture. Now, if I told my son to have the yard mowed when I got home and I came home and it wasn't mowed, he's in trouble. Yeah. Right? Same thing. So when God gives us a direct order, when Jesus gives us a direct order, maybe we better be listening to these things. There's called sins of omission and sins of commission. That's a completely different sermon there altogether. But... Uh, that falls under one of those. We can enjoy our trip to heaven. Yeah. Instead of be worried about it, figuring out how we're going to do it. If we follow the lead of the Holy Ghost every day, we can enjoy our trip to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there is a chance. It, it's actually possible for us to never make another mistake again. Does that make sense to you? Everybody's looking at me crazy now. <laughs> You can never make another mistake again if you're following this leading of the Holy Ghost. But you might say, oh, I can't do that. I can't hear him every time. I don't get it right every time. What if you don't get it right every time? But what if you hit it 90% of the time or 80% of the time? Is that a lot better than what we're at now? Yeah. We need to be listening and following the leading of the Holy Ghost. We have to do this. Uh, Haggai, we're going to change it up a little bit and go to the Old Testament. The Holy Ghost always wants to lead us in the more, though. The Old Testament in Haggai, or Haggai 2, 6 through 9. 
Haggai is the third book from the New Testament. It's <laughs> right before Zechariah. H-A-G-G-A-I 2, 6 through 9. When you're there, say amen. For thus said the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. And the, and the desire of the nations shall come, and I will find this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. I want to give you the definition of glory there first in, chapter, in verse 7. And it is to honor, have abundance, and riches. So the house will be full of honor and abundance and riches. It's going to bless you. It's going to magnify it. That's the definition of glory there that's going to be in this house. Uh, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. The definition I want to give you this of peace is safe, well, happy, friendly, and prosperity. And the two houses he's talking about here, how many of you know that we're the latter house? We're in the last days. We're in the last of the last days. We are living in the latter house. The former house was the house of Solomon. Now you think about how glory, how much glory and, and power and God's presence was in this house. It was right after they came out of a tent. King David was the leader who stored up all the goods to build this house out of, right? His son Solomon came along and was able to build it. King David wasn't allowed to do it because he was a man of war. Had blood on his hands, right? Everyone, everyone knows the story? Solomon was allowed to build this house. It was a big glorical thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. And how much peace they had there in that. In fact, he ended up, he went on to, to mess up and cause the country to be split. But God, they had so much peace there that God had so much favor with him that they didn't even do it. God didn't even split the country until after he had passed. But we should be taking this thing with us all the time, this peace. This is the promise of God right here, is it not? If we're in the latter house and he promised us peace and glory, we should be taking these things home with us. I'm going to have peace in my house, and my family's going to have peace in this house. We should be, we should be saying these promises over our houses. Yeah. Is that wrong, church? Can we not use the promises of God to come out of our mouth? That's how our authority is released, right? I should be saying, great is the peace of my children. They'll be taught of the Lord all the days of their life. I should be saying, great is the peace we're going to have in this house. Great is the glory I'm going to have in this house, right? At my house and home. Yeah. Are we following this? And I should be following the, the Holy Ghost every day, each and every day, and all the things I do all the time. Yeah. Then what happens? If I wait till this is what happens at church usually, right? This is our mindset that we have that everything that happens in the Bible is going to happen at church. Healings are going to happen at church, and we get it filled with the Holy Ghost at church. Are you getting this? We usually rely on God to do everything while we're in church. If we wait to see what's going to happen in church, though, how many times are we in church? Twice, Twice a week. Oh, no. Now let's change this up a little bit and think about it this way. If I did this at home. And I said, great is the glory I'm going to have in my house. I'm going to have glory in this house. I'm going to have peace in this house. My family is going to have peace in this house. I started speaking God's promises and releasing them on my life at home, in that house. And, and I'm doing it, and Jonathan's doing it, and Crystal's doing it, and Jenny's doing it, and everyone's doing this. And we have this peace, and we have this glory, and, we, and we're following the lead of the Holy Ghost in our house. Then what happens when we bring all this glory and this peace together in God's house? What's going to happen then? Yeah. That's when we're going to collect people's glasses at the door. That's when we're going to collect walkers at the door. 
Actually, let me sit up here because the people are going to run out. <laughs> That's when things are going to happen. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. That's when things are going to happen, though. When we learn to follow the leading of God in everywhere we go, not just come in here and put on our proper etiquette for church. Everyone knows how to act when you're in here. But when you go outside this door and you do these things at your house, and, and you come expecting something at church because I have glory and I have peace at my house, then when I come into God's house, and brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, they've all been doing it too, and they have glory and peace in their house, and we all come together as a body. This thing, we can blow the lid off this thing. Yeah. God wants to do this. God's promise says this. He says he's going to do something. The latter house is better than the former house. He's going to do something better all the time. Each and every generation, he's expecting to get better. Now, now you look at the things they had in prior generations to us. Is it God's fault that we don't have that now? Look at the things the disciples did in Acts. He preached, and 3,000 were saved. People marveled at the miracles that were done. Everybody they touched was saved, and the, and the demons cast out of them, and their lives were changed forever. The lady that Jesus uh, told her testimony to at the well, what happened? She went back and told him what Jesus did for her, and the whole village was transformed. Yeah. You get that? The whole village was transformed through one woman. Yeah. Now, what would happen? How many is here today? 30? What would happen if each one of us went out and told our testimony today? In this town right here. God's word doesn't change. God, he's no respecter of person. If he done it for me, if he done it for Peter, he'll do it for me. If he done it for me, he'll do it for you. God wants to do this thing. His word says he will. And you know, just because the world is getting worse and it's getting darker all the time. Anybody can look and see that. Look at the news. God always has a remnant somewhere that he uses. I want to be that remnant. I want this body to be that remnant. I want us to see people saved, see people healed, see people slain in the spirit on the floor in here, right? Does everyone want that? Yes. God wants to do this thing. But we have to be obedient, and we have to be willing. And we have to do more than say yes today and go out tomorrow and do whatever we want to do. Yeah. That's where we got to live in. A constant walk. The Bible says, I walk by faith. Do you know what walk means? That means constantly. Yeah. Constantly living by faith. And what's my faith going to do? I believe in God. I trust in God. I trust in His leading. Getting this? I trust in His leading. I trust in His word. So when His word tells me something, when His word tells me the formal shall be greater than the latter, I trust in that word. And how does my authority work? Through my mouth. Out of the mouth, the abundance, or out of the mouth, uh, out of the heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. But out, that's not the scripture I was looking for. I had it in my head, so I started to say it. But uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it eat the fruit thereof. That's God's word. That's how my authority is released. God gave me authority when he formed me. He gave you authority when he formed you. Nothing any different than you are. I'm just a man that God put in a suit and chose to do a job. But we're all the same here. We're all part of the body. We each have to have a part in this. So I was hoping through this fast that you would find your place. And you would get in that place. And you would take that place. Find out who you are in God. Maybe we have to do this more often. I used to fast a lot more often than I have been lately. Since we've taken the church, I got, and it's not all about a fast. A lot, it's where your heart's at with God. God will meet you right where you're at. But I used to fast a lot more often before I took the church, and this is a reason, but it's not an excuse. But we got busy with the church, and we've got busy with this and that. We're going to full-time job in this, and we have seven kids, for those of you who don't know. And, and it keeps us jumping through all the stuff that we do. But I have to take time, and you have to take time. I don't want to hear I don't have time, really. That's not a good reason. I, unless you have a full-time job and you pastor a church and you have seven kids. If you got more than that going on, come talk to me about it. But I don't think any of you do. 
So, and I'm not saying any means being great, but God's called me into that. But we all have to make time. We all have to get here with God. We all have to take time to read His Word. Yeah. We have to take the time out to come to church every time the doors open. His Word also says, fail not to assemble yourself. That goes back to the same thing with my boy. If I tell him to mow the yard and it's not done, he's in trouble. If God tells me to come to this church when it's open, if he's called me here under this pastor, and you call me your pastor, he calls each and every person to a church. He'll put you under a pastor. This may not be your church. If it's not, find it. Go find it. Pray to God. Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost on the church you're supposed to be in. Yeah. He puts everyone under a pastor who he gives the messages you need to hear. Yeah. That's what he does. That's how he works. But you have to follow that leading in all that we do. So if you call me your pastor, though, and this is your church, you need to be here. You need to come in here. You need to get involved. You need to listen to the Holy Ghost. Whatever he tells you your job is, that's your job until you're called away from that job, right? He called you to evangelize. You can't just quit evangelizing. That calls without repentance. He may call you to clean the house. He may call you to cut the grass. He may call you to do whatever it is. He may call you to be a Sunday school teacher. He may call you to be a preacher. You may be the associate pastor. I don't know. Maybe you're a drummer. Maybe you're piano player. Whatever your calling is, though, get in it. Maybe your calling is to pass out the visitor slips or to take the offering. I don't know what your calling is. God will have to take your, tell you tell your calling. Um, but get this calling. Get in, get in your, where your position is. Get involved in it. Do it to the best of your ability. Follow the of the Holy Ghost. Pray. How do you want me to do this job, Dad? You've given me this job. Now how do you want me to do it? How can I do my best for you? Pray to him and follow him and do your absolute best you can do on it. And that's how you get promotion through the church also is doing your best on the small things you come up. And God always leads you into greater, right? He yeah. never leads you into subtraction. If you follow that leading, you'll always get better. Amen. Is there anyone here today who doesn't know God as a personal Savior? talking a lot about leading them, maybe ahead of some people. If you died right now today, or if Jesus stepped out on the cloud, you could tell me beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to heaven, Pastor. Can everyone tell me that? If you can't, you need to make it right today. Come down to this altar right now. Take your head bowed right now, real quick. Don't make anyone so uncomfortable. If you can't say that today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to heaven. I'm on my way. Then come down here and make it right, please. Please make it right today. God said he wants not one to perish. You may not know what saved is. I go through this about every week. Some of you may be a little tired of hearing it, but some people may need to hear it. They need to make a life or death decision today. This is forever. It's for keeps. <laughs> Once you go to this eternal place, there's no turning around. You're there forever, whichever you choose. Uh, I need to tell you first what the definition of death is. The definition of death is the separation of something forever. So everyone's going to die as we know it here on this earth. Everyone's going to die. That's where your, your body goes to the dirt. Your spirit goes back to God because he's the one that gave it. And your soul goes to either heaven or hell, wherever you prepare to go while you're on this earth. That's where you're headed to for all eternity. That's your first death. The Bible speaks of a second death, though. At the great white throne judgment, it's in Revelation, I believe, chapter 20. It says, everyone who's ever existed on this planet, I'm paraphrasing here, but everyone who's ever existed on this planet will stand in front of, of the judge, God, and look into those eyes of fire. And he's going to crack two books open. The first book is the book of remembrance. Now, this may be something you've done 20 or 30 years ago, and you don't even remember what it is now. 
but you'll remember it like it was yesterday when he opens this book up. That's what you're going to be judged by. Now, if you ask God to forgive you of your sins today and you make things right with him today, it says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. You're going to do it on that day or you can do it on this day. That's your choice to make. When you do ask him for forgiveness, he takes the hyssop and dips it in the blood of Christ and blots those sins out. You're not responsible for those things from there back behind you. You're not responsible for the things you've already done. You're only responsible from there forward now. And we have to live right. We have to work to change. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect when you walk out of here today. You will be perfect because you're forgiven. But you will make mistakes. And you just have to keep working on those things. You have to keep renewing that relationship with God. Keep asking Him to forgive you. That doesn't give you a license to go out and sin and do whatever you want. But it does give you His grace. And you, and, and you can ask Him to forgive you every day. And you have to keep trying to get better. See, the word repent. A lot of people think repent means that I can ask God to forgive me and then I'm good to go. But repent actually means to turn away from. You have to do your best to turn away from the actions you've been doing that are the wrong actions, that you're being convicted of. Um, so if your name, the, the second book is the Lamb's Book of Life. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're going to heaven. You are one of the ones who've asked for forgiveness and you made it. If your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, it says you'll toss in the lake of fire. The lake of fire, the Bible says, burns with brimstone and fire. Brimstone translates to sulfur. That burns at 6,000 degrees. It's not going to be a party like you may have heard. It's not going to be any place to be. 6,000 degrees is the same as a cutting torch burn right there at the tip. There's not steel there. I guess it's hot enough to oxidize anyway. Oh. This is the second death, however. If you're tossed in the lake of fire, your soul is separated from God forever. You can either go live in heaven in glory with death, or you can be going to the lake of fire for all eternity. It's your choice to make. But you need to realize that this, 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 this decision is final. And this decision is forever. It is for eternity. It never goes away. It never changes. Is this you today? Is this you today that needs to make it right with God? You need to be saved from this second death? If you're not bold enough to get up and walk to the altar, raise your hand. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I'll just pray for you. I can pray with you after the service if you like. The Bible says all you have to do to be saved is, I need to cover this part real quick too, we'll move along. All you have to do to be saved is, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. <laughs> believe that he died on the cross for your sins. Believe that he was raised from the dead, and he's coming back again for you someday. I also have to believe that I'm a sinner, and I need, I need him. It's that simple. And you don't have to pray a big fancy prayer if you do this after you leave here today. You don't have to pray a big fancy prayer. You just be yourself. God made each and every one of us different because he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us as different people. So you just go to him and, and, and talk to him. That's it. Just like you talk to me. Daddy, I thank you for the stage, Father God. Is, that, is there anyone here today? Anyone here today who needs that? Maybe you haven't. You're not, you've done this prayer before, but you need a renewing. You need to renew him with God. You need to you need to come back to him. Come back to Bethel where you came from, where you started out with God. Thank you for the hand. I'll keep you in my prayers. Go ahead and close your prayers at the end of the day. Daddy, I thank you for this day, Father God. Lord, I thank you for your word, Lord. Your infallible, true word, Father God. I thank you for the leading of your Holy Ghost and fire, Daddy. I thank you for the things you're going to do through this church, Lord, through this body. Through your body, Christ, I thank you for the things that you're going to do here, Lord. I thank you for the miracles that we're going to see happen. I thank you for all the things that happen here today, Daddy. 
I thank you for the people's willingness to serve you, Father God. I thank you that you will show us this week, Lord. I ask you, would you show us, please, this, this week, Lord, that you're the one true living God, Father. Remind us of it daily, Lord. Remind us of it daily, Daddy. Guide us through each and every day, Father God. Teach us to tune our spiritual ears into you, Lord. Teach us to be patient enough, Father God, to change our ways from the way we've been living, Lord, to, your, to following your leading, Father God. I pray this, Daddy, in Jesus' name. Lord, remind us of this daily, Father God. Don't let your word go void, Father God. Your word says it will not go void. It will not return void, Dad. And I count on your word today. I stand on your word today, Father, that you would remind us each and every day, Dad, to come to you, Lord, to follow you, Daddy. Let me not forget this message, Father God. Don't let anyone walk out of here and forget about this thing, Father God, but cause us continually to walk in this, Father God. Walk in our faith of you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray this, Daddy. Person that raised their hand today, Father God, I pray that you would take them under your wing today, Daddy. Continue to draw them close to you, Father God. Continue to draw them close to you, Daddy. Don't let them forget where they where they've come to, Lord, and where they came from, Father God. Don't let them forget this any day, Father. Keep drawing them close to you, Dad. If there's anyone here else in this room, Father God, who needed that salvation day, Lord, please continue to convict them, Father God. Don't let them sleep. Don't let them eat. Don't let them have any peace. Don't let them do anything, Dad, until they turn to you, Father. I pray that you would save their soul. Save their soul today, Daddy. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Hope you all had a good day today. Got some